Hello and a very warm welcome to you on another episode of Real Talk Entertainment. Thank you for joining me on this episode. On this episode I'll be talking to Roger Lloyd who's an actor and singer and I'll be talking to him about life overseas, working as an actor and what he's been doing during lockdown. started off by saying to Roger that I hadn't seen hide and hair of him since the performance we was in together. I know, and it's a shame, Jerry. I would have liked to see more for you. And I is, do you know what? I have to say, I've realised recently that I don't, I don't think I make enough effort. You know, I met you, and I met a lot of cool other people when anything goes. And since then, I did Chee Chee Bang Bang, and that went really well as well. And, you know, I just think I need to make more of an effort with the Amdram lot because I haven't got a lot of friends in a local area. And I quite enjoyed going to the pub with you when we meant to be handing out bloody leaflets, watching the bloody England game. That was sweet. <laughs> one thing I do want to ask you about, which is pretty of a strange random one to start with, but I was watching your Facebook um, TikTok and I saw this koala challenge. <laughs> what is that and where did that come about? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, I first heard of TikTok because uh, Christine's um, nieces, that's right, nieces, um, they were at TikTok. And it was, it's always one of those things that TikTok um, was a bit frowned upon for children because there's a lot of inappropriate stuff on it. And I've never thought much of it. And I think it was Christine, you know, I think it was Christine. She downloaded the TikTok app. And you know, it's actually quite fun, Jerry. I don't know if you've downloaded it yet, but if you haven't, it is actually quite a laugh. There's a lot of things on there. We saw a couple of friends doing it who we used to perform with back in the holiday parks, and they were doing that. So it's a bit of fun. And luckily, you know, for me, I didn't mind. Christine, you haven't met Christine, I don't think, Jerry, my girlfriend, but she's, uh, she's a lot smaller than me. So uh, what didn't require too much effort on my half. Um, so I let just have to stand there and just let her kind of move around me. And um, it was a laugh. We filmed it, and actually, we didn't really practice it before we filmed it. We thought it'd be funny to film it, just give it a go. And we were really impressed, actually, because I don't know which video you saw. And it went smoothly as anything. It was easy. It just went through the legs, no problem, and we were well chuffed. So, yeah, of course, we had to share it on Facebook. It's all our <laughs> yeah, friends yeah, know. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'd, I've not heard of that one. Obviously, I, you know, I, I have seen TikTok, and I do have the app, but I've never done anything on it. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of intrigued because I've never heard of that one and seen that one. No, it's good luck, Jerry. You should use it. I asked Roger how he got the parts and heard about the roles at the holiday parks. Well, I don't. I, I can't remember. I told you or not, Jerry, but there's a children's show called um, Lazy Town. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be one of your favourite TV series. It's a kid's film and it's not on anymore. It was on uh, back in the day. I think it started on CBeebies, I think. And then I think it was taken over um, by the BBC, I think. Yeah, BBC. Anyway, I'd never heard of it before. Um, and actually, the first time I performed, there's a character called Robbie Rotten, by the way, Jerry. And um, Robbie Rotten, if you haven't heard of him, look him up. He is a really funny character. It actually reminds me, and I think it was based on um, Jim Carrey. You know, the look and the way that he acted was very Jim Carrey-esque. And um, 
it was really popular when I back in 2000. What was it? 2000. I think it was 2012 or 13 when I first performed it um, with a company called Odd Post Production, um, and it was at Butlins actually, and um, it was a really, really good show. Really good. I mean, it's a children's show. It's a bit panto-esque because you're asking the audience to get involved and stuff, and there's songs and there's dances. But it was a really good show, and what I loved about it is Robbie Rotten's a comedy part. So, you know, all of it is about just being funny and, and making kids laugh and being over the top. And um, yeah, I think if I'm honest with you, Jerry, I kind of feel that being over the top and being a bit over dramatic <laughs> tends to be my forte. So it tends to fit perfectly for me. Um, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I remember when the show finished, I thought to myself, I'd love to do that again. You know, I'd love to, if there was a touring show or something, I really would enjoy doing that character again. I then asked Roger how he landed the role in Dubai and what that experience was like. I spent six months out there um, and it was, yeah, it's one of, one of the highlights really for me. It was fantastic, but um, most of my work has been in the UK. But as I said to you when we met for that beer, um, a lot of it's been abroad. I went and auditioned and just so you know, Robbie Rotten, he does not need to be a dancer, okay? He actually screws up every dance that he does. So, in fact, you almost not, you need to be a bad dancer to get the role. Um, you didn't need to be a dancer at all. Um, you did need to be able to sing, um, and obviously you did need to be able to act. And they started the audition rounds with a dance round at the audition. And I was like, Okay, fine, I'll, I'll just crack on with it. I'm sure that I won't need to do it if it's probably rotten, but I'll just give it a go. And uh, after the dance round, I got cut. They told me that um, I was cut, I wasn't needed anymore. So I spoke to the director and I said, okay, well, I thought you were auditioning for Robbie Rotten. Robbie Rotten doesn't need to dance, what's going on? You haven't heard me act, you haven't heard me sing. I don't understand. And I went, oh, sorry, no, we're not casting for Robbie Rotten. I was like, are you serious? I've come to London. Um, it had an agent at the time, so the agent got me auditioned, so I was a little bit peeved. So I spoke to my agent and they were like, oh, I don't understand what's happened there. They told me you were, they, were, they were looking for Robbie Rotten, I'm sure they are. I was like, well, they've told me we're not, I've been cut, you know, and I'm really annoyed about it. Anyway, turns out a month later, um, I, I actually had a different agent. I know you normally only have one, but uh, um, I basically, it's a long story, but um, the agent I had initially was a friend of mine. And this other agent was a little bit more, uh, had a bit more connection, shall we say. Um, and so I literally decided to meet him and contact him. I think his name is Mark German. He's based in South Wales. And um, he contacted me and goes, Roger, hi, they're looking for Robbie Rost in Dubai. Do you fancy auditioning for it? I'm like, yeah, sorry, mate. I've done this before. Um, and they cut me after the dance round. And they went, well, look, mate, they're still looking. Do you want to send me any video, any show reels that you've got, you know, your CV, and we'll see if we can get you get you in. So I sent him my show reel, which is me performing as Robbie Rotten beforehand at Butlins, and uh, they gave him the job. After all that, what a long journey that was! And so um, I was really, really chuffed. So um, it was actually for a, initially for a thirteen-month contract, so uh, it was meant to be over a year, but. Um, I actually only ended up doing it for six months. 
various reasons. There was lots of complications and Dubai uh, it is a great place. I recommend anybody go on holiday to it, but um, perhaps not a great place to live. Well, certainly not where I was anyway. I had a lot of health issues. Health and safety just goes out the window completely at Dubai. Um, I could tell you story after story, which you'd be shocked at about the way they live in Dubai. Um, and it's just not for everyone. I think that's the fair thing to say. And so after six months, I felt like I'd had enough. I'd had my time. It was really great contract and was ready to call it quits. So um, yeah, left after six months, but um, it's still oh, one of the Lord. best experiences. After I got back from um, Dubai, um, which was obviously back in what 2017, I reckon it was, or 18, uh, one or the other. Um, you know, the problem is with, with, uh, with uh, performing live, Jerry, is that you're always in contract, out of contract, in contract, out of contract. So it's never, it's not a full time job. You know, I earned a fair bit. Um, I did a variety of different promotional work, which could be anything from leafleting, uh, dressing up in character. Um, yeah, just being a steward, various things. And it's just for self-employed people, actors, actresses. I met a few photographers, anybody really. We're in between work. Just a great way of earning a bit of dough. And uh, I did do more contracts after Dubai. Um, in fact, my next one actually was um, working for Haven in uh, in the holiday park, Haven. They, um, they've got a theatre company now, so they call it... Um, yeah, Haven Theatre Company, and they were looking for a main stage presenter. And uh, well, I'm normally an actor, not a presenter. I've done a bit of presenting work, but I'm, I'm much more of an actor. But I really was kind of, it was a really good role, I thought, to be a main stage presenter. I thought it'd be a nice, good challenge for me. So I gave it a go, went to audition, got the job, and uh, yeah, spent a year. I think I think this was 2018. Spent a year doing presenting at Haven, which was completely different to Robbie Rotten. It was completely different to acting. It was, you know, presenting to a whole different skill set. You have to be yourself. You have to be yourself on stage, which is a a bit of a scary thought for me because you know I act on stage. I act the plonker. I, I act the comedy roles. You know, I act Evelyn and anything goes. But being yourself on stage is a uh, is a whole different challenge and um, I had to kind of get used to that really and I really embraced it and really enjoyed it actually, uh, Jerry. And what I actually met Christine at Haven, my current girlfriend, um, and I, I, I kind of after the contract felt, well, she, you know, we wanted to get a mortgage, we wanted to settle down. And so because of that, you know, doing the contracts like Dubai or going abroad again, it became a little bit more challenging for me. You know, when you've got a mortgage, you know, you've got bills that you've got coming out every month. Beforehand, I was just living out of renting accommodations or, you know, living at holiday parks. A lot of the jobs I had provided accommodation. So for the first time in my life, I've actually got a financial commitment that I have to stick to and I can't afford to be in contract and then out of work. So um, uh, it had to take a bit of a different turn in the performing world um, and I did start about thinking setting up my own business doing presenting so I set up a business called Icebreaker Game Shows which was basically basically what I was trying to do if I'm honest with you is take what I learned at Haven 
and basically start doing the same thing for myself. I think a lot of performers do that, if I'm honest. I wasn't trying to be sneaky or anything. I came up with, uh, you know, my own material and stuff. Um, but the idea came from Haven and basically started up my own business. And I had a few gigs, um, you know, since then, doing a few game shows for children, um, for children's parties. There's a place called Milton Maze, um, and they were very kind to get me booked um, every year for the summer to do a kids party, kind of get game show there. And it went really well, Jerry. And, and, you know, I really enjoyed doing the game shows and I took some videos and really tried to make it a good business and make money from it. You know, and unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, you know, I'll still do it if, if anybody wants me to and I'm still offering my services to people that might want it. But if I'm honest, Jerry, I didn't make enough money to make a living on it. And uh, so I was in a bit of a predicament because I'm a performer, I love performing, but I've got a mortgage. I can't go off and do the contracts that I usually went off and do, did. You know, I'm 33 now, Jerry, so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm also a bit fed up of doing contracts working alongside 18, 19 year olds. So, you know, I had to think about something a bit more mature to do. And uh, I've got a mortgage, I'm with Christine, I want a life with her, and, you know, and that's when a performer really has to look at themselves and think, right, well, what is more important to me? What is more important to me? Because I think if we're being honest, if you want to be a successful actor, um, I, I mean, I, I'm, this, isn't, this doesn't apply to everybody, but I think if you want to be really successful, you need to be willing to make sacrifices in your life. And I think if it was really, really, really important to me to continue performing, you know, doing these contracts abroad, maybe looking into, you know, more professional stuff in London or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think I could carry on doing that if I want to, but um, I think I would have to think about sacrificing my relationship with Christine. You know, she wants kids, she wants a mortgage. I want kids, I want a mortgage, I want to be with her, and I don't think I was willing to sacrifice that. So um, now I've kind of stepped away from performing. I've been doing the Amdram stuff with you, Jerry. I'm happy, you know, performing in my spare time and maybe doing the odd bit of professional work if I can, but um, I'm actually working full time now. Really bizarre, Jerry, actually. A chin designer. Who would have thought that? Um, completely different to performing. Do you know what, though, Jerry? Do you know why? It's because they were advertising on um, jobs. When I was looking for a job, thinking I need a job to pay the mortgage, they had on their job description, um, I started a year ago, Jerry, and on the job description it said, we need somebody who can learn a script and deliver it naturally. That's actually what the job description said. It didn't say that you needed any experience to be a kitchen designer. It didn't say anything. It just said, can you learn a script and deliver it naturally? And of course, my answer was, well, yeah, I can. Is that all what you need me to do? So I actually went to, to the interview and I was very blunt with them. I said, I've got no kitchen experience. I wouldn't call myself a salesman. You know, I don't like to think of myself as a salesman. You know, um, I, if you want me to deliver a script and deliver it naturally, you know, uh, learn a script to deliver it naturally, I could do that. If that's generally all you want me to do and you're willing to pay me for it, I'm willing to give it a go. And I was literally that blunt in the interview and they've taken me on. And since Jerry, I've been doing really well because it really was as simple as what they said. I've learned the script, I deliver it naturally and I'm making kitchen sales and I've learned now how to design a kitchen and I'm actually really enjoying it. There is an element of me that obviously still misses performing
My next question to Roger was regarding his earlier comments in relation to marriage and uh, family, starting a family. And I asked him to explain a little bit more about that. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jerry, you might have uh, stepped into territory you might have wished you hadn't now. Um, yeah, I mean, Jerry, I don't know if this is stuff you want to be hearing from me, but I'll crack on anyway since you asked the question. But, like, um, I, I have been married before. Um, I was married um, in when I was 26. I'm 33 now, so uh, what's that, seven years ago. Um, and the girl, uh, her name was Rachel, and I, I, I met her at Butlins, actually. Um, and, you know, we were together quite a long time and we performed together quite a lot. We actually performed in Greece together in Rhodes. She was a singer, I was a presenter. And, you know, so actually, you know, contradicting myself now, Jerry, it can work, you know, if you're with someone that wants to perform and you go off and do performing with them, if you're lucky enough, you can go off and do contracts together. And it's fantastic. And we certainly did that. And it worked really well for us. Um, but yeah, obviously it doesn't work that way at the moment with everybody. Christine, who my girlfriend, she is a singer, she is a performer, but she's 36 now. And, you know, for her, what's really important to her is having children. So because I've been married and divorced already, and I'm, I'm kind of anxious about getting married again too soon. Um, I've got a bit of a morbid view, Jerry, on marriage, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's my upbringing. I, mean, I think my mum's been married divorced about four times. Crazy, right? I don't know if you've been married or not, Jerry. I, I can't remember if you had or if you, if you, if you are even. But, um, you know, with marriage for me, I find it really hard to understand how anybody could go down the aisle and say, I promise you, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you because I really don't understand how anybody can make that promise because I've known couples been 10, 20, 30 years, to, you know, been together and, you know, it hasn't worked out. It's really upsetting to hear those sort of stories. And it just made me realise that there are no guarantees. Nobody really knows when they get with someone how long it's going to last. You know, nobody knows anything. Um, and so when I got married to my ex, I did it very much to make her happy. And I realised perhaps that isn't the most romantic thing to do. And actually, now thinking about it, perhaps it wasn't the right thing to do. And so I'm with Christine. I want to be with her forever, but I am anxious about the whole marriage thing. Um, I think it's a nice thing to do. But apart from that, I don't think it's like we need to do to spend the rest of our lives together. And actually what we are trying at the moment, me and Christine, is we are actually trying to have children. And for me, that's the biggest commitment you can make to anybody. So for me, I'm making the biggest commitment of my life to Christine by trying to have children with her. And I think if we are successful, we do have children, um, then I probably would think about marriage just so that we have a secure family network. But um, yeah, I think your question was, would I be looking to get married? And uh, I think so, maybe one day, but it's not something I want to jump into straight away. I then asked Roger if he could be tempted to go back into the world of arts and the theatre, or if that was him done for good. Amazing, right? If someone came to me and said, Roger, you know, do you want to uh, perform in a, in a show and here's a great payout? I think I'd be very, very, very tempted, you know, to see if I could find a way of doing that show and then knowing that I've got a safety net to return to. I mean, if that was possible, I'd absolutely love to do that. You need to actively search it. 
um, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are still performing in the West End or um, who are trying to perform. And obviously, actually, with lockdown, they're all struggling at the moment, bless them. And it is a really, really difficult time for the performing industry as a whole. And uh, a lot of my performing friends who want to perform and desperately want to continue that career are also now looking at alternative options just to be able to keep their head above water and keep the finances coming in. Um, obviously, as lockdown starts to ease, hopefully the performing world will, you know, return to us. I've got a friend who works in a bar um, and a, a friend that works at a gym and all, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they spend most of their career working in, in this part-time job, waiting for their break. I mean, these guys that I know who are friends of mine wouldn't do the holiday parks that I did because they believe that's a waste of time. No disrespect to me or anybody else's holiday parks, but they're so desperate to get in the West End. You know, they believe that doing a year contract or six month contracts is not going to benefit them. They think it's better to stick with the gym or stick with their bar work and just hold out, hold out for that opportunity because, you know, they need to be around to take that one break to get in the West End. And then when they take the opportunity, that should hopefully open some more doors for them. But, you know, I've got a friend who's been a personal trainer for four years, living out of box room in London, and he's still waiting for his break. And, you know, Jerry, a lecturer said to me at uni, something I will never, ever, ever forget. He said to me, Roger, the people who succeed as actors or performers are the people who absolutely have to perform, have to. Like, they will be utterly depressed, literally, Jerry, suicidal if they do anything other than perform. And uh, it's so true. It's so true because the performing world is tough. It's not about talent. You know, people say about, you know, it's about being in the right place at the right time. Well, yeah, yes, it is about that. But actually what it's more about is your resilience and your tenacity as a, as a performer. You need to be willing to sacrifice everything. You need to have one goal. And that one goal needs to be, I have to perform. And you need to be completely miserable doing anything else. Because actually, if you've got any sense of enjoyment doing anything else, 100% you will end up doing that. And I got taught at uni, and it's so true. You know, if you're saying to me, Roger, I'd love to be an actor, but I love, I love being a personal trainer as well, or I'm really into photography, or I really enjoy uh, whatever, and, and, and if you said to me, Roger, that's my plan B, 100% you'll take that plan B because you'll meet someone. You'll meet someone you want to be in a relationship with and you'll meet someone you want to be there with and then you'll be torn whether you want to go stay with that person or take the opportunity that's been presented to you. Or, um, or you know, you, you, you go to so many auditions, no matter how talented you are, you'll go to so many auditions and you'll get turned down and it will really knock you back knock you back, knock you back, and you really need to have the strength and the tenacity to be able to just keep going and keep picking yourself up. And, you know, it might be the case that you need more training. So you need to have the money to be able to pay for the training to get better at doing accents or better at singing or better at dancing or take acting lessons. You know, live really on basics, not have enough money to do stuff. You can't go on holiday. And if, there, if you have any plan B, you're going to take it, Jerry. And, you know, I've got a friend at the moment. He's, he's younger than me, actually. I met him during Chick G Bang Bang. And, you know, he's saying to me, Roger, I, I want to leave my teaching job and I want to perform. 
And fine, you know, I admire anybody who has that attitude. Go off and do it, Jerry. It's brilliant. Do it. But you need to understand it's much more than just about being talented. And it's much more about being in the right place at the right time. You really, really need to be willing to sacrifice everything. And I think that actually, you know, when I did uni, Jerry, 30 people were in my course studying performing arts. All 30 of them said, I want to perform. By the end of the three years at uni, only eight people, eight out of the 30, still wanted to perform. The rest of them were put off it. And so um, it just goes to show really that you know, there's a lot of people that want to perform, but don't really understand the ins and outs of it. And I didn't when I first started performing. But if I had a child now, and that child said to me, I want to perform, of course I would support it, but I would make them aware that of, of the struggles that they will face and the sacrifices that they will, they will have to make if they want to be a successful performer. So, I mean, ultimately, again, if someone offered me a huge amount of money to go to a performing job, you know, it's just a question of how important that is to me and how, you know, is it worth leaving what I currently have at the moment, which I value. I value my mortgage, I value Christine, and I value my current job as well. I, you know, would this job, be, would I be willing to sacrifice it all and go and do this performing job? Well, who knows? It'll be a question of, you know, what it is, where it is, and whether I can keep what I've currently got. Uh, yeah, this, uh, I had someone say to me once, Joe, that there's two types of people in this world. There's people at work to live, and there's people that live to work. And the people that work to live, do a job nine to five, do what they need to do to earn the money so that they can have a life outside of work, so they can have holidays and support a family and, you know, go to cinema trips and restaurants and really make the most of their life outside of work. And the people who live to work is all about their job. Their job is everything. In fact, outside of work almost doesn't exist. Work is their life. Work is their money. Work is their social life. Work is everything. And when I was younger, you know, between 20 and 30, I think I was, I've always been a live to work person, lived where I worked. It was very much my life. But now I would very much say that I am a work to live person. I'm having a career so that I can pay to afford a mortgage. I want to go on holidays. I want to have children. And that's what the career is about for me now. So I'm very much changed into a work to live person. Um, and I think, again, if you want to be a performer, you need to be a live to work person. Your life needs to revolve around your work and you need to be happy and content with that. And I think that's why it worked for me when I was 20 to 30, but now I've hit an age now where I think I'm actually much more content yeah. being a work to live person. Yeah. Oh, well, Jerry, look, it's been lovely to, um, lovely to speak to you again. I hope it all goes well. Thanks. Thank you. That's the end of another episode of Real Talk Entertainment. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you to Roger Lloyd for being a great guest. And I hope you'll all join me again next week. And if you want to contact me about that and about anything else, please feel free to do so on Real Talk EN25. That's Real Talk EN25 at gmail.com. Bye-bye.